Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's the answer in the Hello and welcome to another episode of the Swedish podcast. Uh, I'm joined by my fellow partners in crime, Matthias Karlsson. Good evening. Hello, hello. How um, are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. And Matthias Andersson. Good evening. So let's just dive right in, guys. Uh, Matthias Karlsson, have you had a good Liverpool summer? Yeah, uh... We had a good transfer window, in my opinion. So, and I was uh, actually over at Anfield, and I watched the last preseason game against Torino as well. So, it's been a quite good summer in that perspective, and it was a fun game, also. I, I, I wanted to ask you guys how you feel about the summer and 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 Liverpool. I mean, I know from you know there I was in France. I was in France for the summer, wandering around, listening to podcasts checking the news every day, waiting for news that we'd bought someone, we'd bought someone. And I found myself, you know, obsessing about transfers when really, uh, I, 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 I never used to do that. Andersson, do, do you think about transfers on a daily basis in the silly season? Yeah, I think I was the other way around, actually. Uh, I used to, when I was on Twitter, I used to update several times a day and I used to worry about uh, if, it, if we were going to get that player or this player, I remember when we were after Nuri Sahin. Uh, I was really nervous. It's like the last five minutes of a game. But uh, last two or three summers, I've been kind of chilling out and just thinking what happens, happens. Because I, I think it's because I, I think Klopp and the team knows exactly what they're doing. So... Uh, I'm quite relaxed. relaxed about it. <laughs> that's a really, that's a really, really good approach. Carlson, how about you? Yeah, not that much uh, anymore. Uh, as you are saying there, Matthias. Actually, when you don't get too involved in the Twitter, Twitter nonsense and uh, all the transfer speculations on Twitter, that's when you you pretty much relax a little bit more and enjoy life. Uh, but I, I still follow Twitter on a regular basis, but uh, I tend to lean to what you're saying there. Uh, Klopp knows what he's doing. Edwards knows what he's doing. So whatever they buy, it's, it's a, probably going to be a good player. And we don't buy for the sake of it. We don't buy these five, ten players a summer. We buy two, three, and those players are dedicated to a role and fits into the team that he wants to build. And if you look at it, we, we brought in Nabi. Well, that deal was done last summer, but he came this year. And Fabinho and Alisson and Shakiri, And that's quality and four players. So I'm, I'm a little bit more relaxed nowadays with the, with the setup we have in, in the club. 
Uh, uh, now, uh, Matthias Anderson, Anderson I, 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 I personally was left with a bit of a, uh, you know, when you feel like you're going to have a fantastic evening and it all goes a little bit flat. I think the season sort of petered out. It went a bit flat, particularly after everything around the, the Carrius and, and Champions League final situation. And, and I don't really want to talk about Carrius at length, but how, how did you feel going into the summer and then getting your, your hopes up for, for this new season? Did, did the end of the last season really, you know, fall flat and spoil things for you? Or, or have you come into this season thinking, right, now let's go again? Yeah, I'm definitely more uh, towards the, the latter there. I mean, I think, I mean, we, we reached the Champions League final, but I think maybe we were there uh, a year or two too early because the, the squad clearly wasn't... Uh, uh, prepared enough and with the losing Oxley chamberlain to that uh, horrific injury and so on. So I think we overachieved massively to reach the Champions League final. And I think we have an even better squad this year. So, uh, no, I mean, our form in the league wasn't the best towards the end of the season, but I guess all eyes were on the Champions League final and ultimately we, we couldn't win that, but uh, it hasn't taken away from my enthusiasm uh, for the club and where we're heading with Klopp. I think it's a really, a, a really good point, actually. Carlson, did, do you think that with the sale of Coutinho, because we didn't replace, we didn't, you know, we, we, we didn't place Coutinho with another attacking player. We brought in Virgil van Dijk, who obviously made a massive difference. But with the loss of Chamberlain, we saw almost what we saw when Henderson got suspended for those final games in the season where we nearly, I'm not going to go any further. But do you have any, any thoughts about that? Did we peak, you know, too soon? Did we, did we overachieve? Well, I think Klopp had a starting 11 that has had gelled together. And they played so, so really, really, really good football together. So it was almost impossible for the 12 men to come into the side and replace anyone. We, we saw it in the league when we like rested uh, Firmino and Solanke came in. It was like a totally different team. And Oxlade had the role to start the pressing. He was attacking, attacking with Firmino in the pressing. And... When he fell off the wagon there in the City game, we didn't have anyone to replace him who could do the same thing because he could also assist and score and he could work hard. So we, would, we were pretty much too thin. Matthias was, was uh, talking a little bit about it when he said we were too early in the Champions League final. We, had, uh, we, we didn't have any squad depth and Klopp had played too many games with this 11. So, uh, But... That was the thing that I think we couldn't perform with the, with another midfielder in that role. Even if Klopp told the player to do this and do that, uh, Oxlade was so into the game with these three attackers because the three attackers, they took us to the Champions League final and they also took us to the top four finish in the league because they scored like 100 goals last season. And, you know, if you have three guys scoring 100 goals going to be in the top of the league in, in the top four and you're going to go quite far in the cups as well so 
but I do think if we talk about the Coutinho sale and we actually got Van Dijk and now as we have seen the team is better off with Van Dijk rather than Coutinho I I I would not disagree with that. I love Philip Coutinho. I thought he was a great a great player and I enjoyed yeah, watching him when he was on yeah. his day, but I I I got very frustrated with him at times for trying to win things single-handedly a bit like late latter day Steven Gerrard. I think we're playing much better as a as a complete unit now. A bit a bit like Suarez as well, but not with the same goal-scoring skills. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Suarez could actually win the game by himself as well, but Coutinho can't actually do all the stuff that the Suarez could do when he was playing for us. We are we are certainly playing more as a team. I, ju- I just want to focus before we move on one last thing with the the summer transfers in the summer. Um, Matthias Anderson with with Allison coming in, with Naby Keita coming in, with Shakiri coming in. Oh, if I, you know, if you had to put you put it down to and Fabinho and Fabinho, of course, you know the 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 man who hasn't got a start yet. I'm sure we're going to be seeing him soon in the next the next run of games. Um, of those players that have come in, uh, who for you was the most important? Well, I think it has to be Keita for sure. <laughs> really? He's, why? He's di- why? Yeah, because I think he's a he's a dynamic player. I mean, he can help us unlock these low low block defenses and and um, he reads the game so well and his passing is I mean uh, just sublime mm. and I think uh, he's quite good uh, in defense as well so I, I think we can see there's been much talk about Henderson after the last game so um, I think over the course of the season uh, I think we can see that uh, Keita will be the new midfield general, even if every player, is, of course, is going to to play a part. But um, his his whole, I think his whole all round, he can do a bit of everything. I think mm, mm. I, he's um, yeah. I mean, certainly the preseason. It's a joy to watch. Yeah, certainly the preseason games that I saw, I was very excited about him. I think our level of expectation is also incredibly high. You know what? He's played three Premier League games now, is it? And uh, and not all of you know, not ninety minutes on all of those. It is a real shock to the system. I, I've I've actually been very impressed how he's hit the ground running. Uh, Matthias Carlson, what's your take on Naby Keita so far? Yeah, the, the turn that he did. Uh, from from uh, own uh, in the own half there, yeah. which came was it, and then he put the ball on the feet of uh, Salah, oh, but that he shipped the ball yeah. over. Yeah, uh, he he turned away the f- the forward player and then ran with the ball a couple of like twenty meters, and then he shipped the ball to Salah on his foot, but he shipped it over the bar. That that's just how much class he has, and he hasn't. He's like playing on. 75-80% max now there is so much more to get out of Naby Keita when he's feeling comfortable in mm. the team he knows his midfield um, players that are surrounding him because he actually haven't gone in into the opposite box too much uh, so far he's been like more of a playmaker sitting back a little bit more but you will see him then go up and down the field for 90 minutes he will be much more involved uh, both defensively and offensively, then you will see the best of Nabi. But oh. I would I would have said Nabi if we talked about the most important player. Yeah. But after the thing that happened with the Champions League final, I would actually say 
that Allison is the most important player that we brought in because all this with <coughs> Carius and what happened mm. uh, during that final. And uh, now not no one can talk about our goalkeeper. We have Allison. We have, all, we have seen what he can do uh, with his feet. And he has actually made these saves that he has to make early on. Well, he, he got over comfortable with the ball there in the last game, but that's the only goal. But, you know... The way he, he handled that, I mean, the way he yeah. handled it, he followed up with some, you know, he just shrugged it off, seemingly. Yeah, and, and he went out in the in the newspaper the, the day after and said, uh, uh, it's my mistake, uh, uh, I have to learn from it. Uh, I played too, too uh, overcomfortable. So he, he took it, he owned it, and then he moved on. Uh, and that's what you want to hear from a goalkeeper as well, to own your mistakes, not talk about anyone else or the the team it was a team goal or whatever it was his mistake he owned it and move on and now next game and and he you know he he's like he has this aura about him though when we when we pass the ball back to him he's not afraid of the ball you can see it he takes the ball he plays out with these small passes to the next defender or to the midfielder that are coming down there and you know you're not nervous like when Mignolet had the ball in his feet and should, and he tried to play Henderson inside. Uh, I'm you, shivering you know, at the you, memory. Yeah, you, you were shaking a little bit, you know. Uh, that's not the case anymore. So so the upgrade there, and you can see it, Yo Gomez and Van Dijk playing with much more confidence. They know they will get the ball on their feet as well, not behind them or not in front of them. They will get the ball on their feet so they can deliver the next pass to the midfielder. Now, so now, for me, that's most important now. now. Clearly, we've got two two major upgrades. You know, Naby is going to be a major addition to the midfield, clearly. Alisson, without wanting to tempt fate, I think he's going to be a, a really good keeper for us. Uh, just as an aside, I saw uh, a figure today that said that Pepe Reina had kept the most clean sheets in the history of the Premier League, which uh, says something about you know how how Liverpool goalkeepers have fallen away since Pepe. And there was news today in the press that Klopp is appointing bringing in another goalkeeping coach. Not that he's getting rid of Achterberg. Apparently, Achterberg oh, is, an assist assistant coach. I saw there. Yeah, that's Jack, right. He's going to be Robinson. Yeah, he's going to be working with the younger younger guys, a former who used to be at Manchester United. But but I, I I just wanted to touch on the other signing in the summer because I've always had a soft soft spot for underdogs, and and Shakiri he seems to have come in as a little bit of a surprise package. People weren't really excited about his signing. I think his attitude, both on the trip to the States, from what I saw, the performances that he put in out there, the fact that he was, you know, he turned up to, to training as early as possible. He put in a very, very good performance when he came on as sub the other day. Uh, I thought it was a very shrewd move of the club to sign, uh, to sign him. Uh, Matthias Anderson, what was your take on, on that? Yeah, I, mean, I agree with everything you said. He's already one of my, Son's favorite players, uh, actually. Really, <laughs> after after playing so few minutes, but I think his his attitude towards playing for Liverpool is what makes me like him the most so far. Because I mean, did you see when he was coming on for his first substitute appearance uh, when Klopp went out to the sideline and, and he hugged him and he was like a little kid or yeah. he was like some guy winning a 
<laughs> winning the lottery to play for Liverpool at Anfield. But um, I think uh, against Leicester away, when we struggled in midfield and, and he came on, I think we became a, a different team because he, he took care of the ball and and he, he did lots of little smart things to to uh, help us regain the control over the game again. So I think, like you said, he's a very shrewd signing. I, I think because he didn't cost 50 or 60 million pounds and he was bought from Stoke, a championship team, maybe people are a little bit uh, superficial and they don't look beyond uh, those kinds of things. It's, it's almost like big name players, isn't it? Many fans, the, the media, like to see the whole idea of a, a player coming in and radically changing things. L- just look at down, down, down the auto route from Liverpool, you've got Manchester. When they brought in uh, David De Gea, the, the, the keeper, there were not tr- you know fanfares, there were not major celebrations, but he is a player has arguably won them more points season on season the last three seasons. Uh, last three four seasons than than anyone in the club he's been phenomenal and and you know he he was not signed to a, a real fanfare it can be players who we who go under the radar that really really do make a difference and that's why we that's why we love a uh, uh, signing like uh, robertson for yeah. example yeah you know a, a cheap player that we have identified this is a potentially a really good left back and eight million pound okay let's go do it then and he's been really solid for us so that's why you love those type of signings yeah, yeah absolutely least 50 60 you know if you buy a player for 60 70 million pounds you know he's gonna be good because he's already good but it's the cheap ones like uh, robertson and shakiri for the matter costs like 12 30 million pounds and I, I actually think he's he's also a really good player, and we can actually rest Mane and Salah more this year because of it. And he it looks like he has a really good chemistry with Sturridge as well, and Sturridge has been fit the whole season so far. Exactly. I think this really takes us to to where we have to get to at this stage: the elephant in the room, so to speak. Uh, and I think that elephant in the room is. Can Liverpool win the Premier League this season? And we're, we're, we're beginning to talk around quality signings, depth in the squad. We're bringing in people that have got, you know, demonstrable Premier League experience playing at top levels. We've got a really expensive keeper that seems to suggest that, you know, he's, he's really, you know, he's, he's really right up there at the top. Uh, Matthias Anderson, do you, do you see Liverpool and the media in the UK? Not so much here in Sweden, but the the media in the UK are really, really pushing Liverpool. I read today in the Guardian, you know, that they are if they get the result at at Spurs at the weekend, they really are the likely challengers to Manchester City. Uh, it, it, where are you on the Liverpool's chances? Oh, I don't want to jinx things, but I definitely think that we can challenge for the title this season. So those may be words that come back to to haunt me, but I think we have enough in the squad and uh, experience from big games over the years with with Klopp. Uh, and I thought maybe we were a centre back short of uh, going mm. all the way this year, but seeing Joe Gomez perform uh, alongside Van Dijk in defence 
uh, has to make you to to reconsider that. So uh, I, I definitely think we can we can challenge for the title. But there are so many good teams and men, and so many stumbling blocks. There is along so the way, many. But exactly. I mean, there is. Go on. Go on. Yeah, if you can just if you can just raise our lowest level uh, a little bit uh, and win the games where we we don't play as as well. And I think if you look at Brighton and Leicester, uh, we haven't played so so well, but we we uh, we come away with six points from those two games. And even though I don't know there are some people who are really worried that we are still having these uh, poor games, but I mean it isn't just that. The, the nature of football that you will have these poor games and you have to find ways to get through them and, and take the points home with you. It's exactly. I think we as fans, we forget because we focus on Liverpool and of course, Liverpool seasons of the last couple of decades have been filled with some great, fantastic performances, but ultimately we always seem to fall away. But we don't watch other clubs week in, week out. And when United were winning season, winning title after title, when City have won their title, when Chelsea, they still have bad games. They still have periods where they scrape a win. It's, it's, it's such fine margins, I think, sometimes when you're up at the top of the table. And, and like you, I don't want to jinx it. And I do think, you know, you can only ever be a knee injury to a key player away from really impacting. But what I suppose we we could be affirming or, or saying here is that perhaps, and, you know, this is my, my question to you, Matthias Carlson, is this the first time going into a season since I don't know when that you feel that we've got as good a chance as good a squad that we've done as many preparations that the the attitude in the club is in as in the strongest position that it could be yeah i do because when you look at our starting 11 and all the other teams starting 11 then you can say why can't we win it yeah Uh, and i think the club is stable now with Klopp, with Edwards, and with all Pep Linders is back, uh, and, and we we have a solid foundation uh, with youth and squad depth, and everyone knows now Klopp's system and what he expects from you when you play for the club. There are no players around that we have no Balotelli or players like that that are causing trouble within the locker room. Mm-hmm. So I think. As Matthias touched there, if we don't get any injuries for a long period of time on key players, because we are as strong as City on the starting eleven, but play, I still think that player 15, 16, 17, 18, their City have a more squad depth. They, they have equally as good players there. We have a like now 14, 15 players that can compete at the same level. Mm. But we still don't... And we will probably never have uh, so many quality players that City have because they just invest like £500 million in three, four new players. So what can we do? We can only build smart and build with the found, uh, with the available funds from the owners and the club. And, and Klopp has done that and he has brought in really good players. So our 14 or 15 players, they are really good. 
But if we have to use our 16, 17, 18, 19th player, then we are a little bit in trouble. And the other thing is, last year City won all these games that they had to grid out. They won with 2-1 or they scored a late winner, 1-0. And that's the thing that Liverpool have started this year. We aren't playing that well. We are playing on like 75-80% perhaps of our what we can do. The the forwards aren't playing as well yet. So but we are still 4-0. So imagine when we everyone click, mm-hmm. when we get on to form. But now we are winning games either way. And that's the str- strongest thing with this squad. We are winning now when we don't play well. I'm I'm very much a I'm fascinated by the psychology of of football and I do think that it seems to me at least that there is some kind of positive uh, psychology going on in the club there's a, there is the the foundations of a if not a winning mentality an ability to throw things to put things aside and to keep going in spite of a final defeat the belief that you will get to another final i mean many of these players in the squad you know beat dortmund they got through to the 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 final of the the the, the europa cup and and lost you know that they they pick themselves up they get through to the final of the champions league yup the situation that goes against them. I mean, it was just so ridiculous, the the fine margins there that Salah gets injured, that Karius has a nightmare, that, you know, he does have concussion, whether, you know, that's whatever. But do you, do you know what I mean? It's like there there is something, I think, in the team that I've seen in the in the opening of this season that there seems to be something that says we can pick ourselves up and move forward. It's almost that... It's almost like... They took the Bambino curse over to England when they bought the club, isn't it? Yeah. Because we, we have lost finals in the most strangest of ways. Like Salah get an injury from hooking up with a defender and going to the ground on his shoulder. And the team get like paralyzed and Karius get really paralyzed and throws the ball to when does it even, even happen? Have that ever happened in a final before this one? Those strange things. I, I I don't believe it, but we 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 seem to be in this strange situation that makes us not winning the important games. But that's adversity. And if it's anyone that can take this team to the next level and go through the adversity, that's Klopp. Is it? Is it really? Because I'm yet to see Jurgen Klopp win uh, a final. Uh, I think tactically he does make mistakes, but he has won the leagues over Bayern Munich. In, yeah, he has. That's that's what makes him special. And and, and I'm only being I'm playing devil's advocate here. But I I you know I I think Jurgen Klopp is absolutely the right manager for Liverpool Football Club. And if we win the league under Klopp, I think it will be absolutely sweet. I think he's got us in a fantastic position. But I do think there is a chink in the armor. I have been concerned that Buvac hasn't been the, the the dynamic has changed. I'm really pleased to see that we're bringing in another goalkeeping coach. I was very pleased to see that Pep Linders came back. Um, so you know, it's it it's it's a difficult one. Yeah, but I think Pep got really good experience to be head coach, and he he saw what what does it makes to be head coach and what to be an assistant and Klopp says he has 
really, really good insights and, and what to bring to the table. So to get Pep back, it's really good. Ah, sorry, just for losing tracks and thoughts and jump cuts and everything there. We just had to fix things because, uh, unfortunately, uh, Matthias Anderson had to go take care of some family things on the top floor there. So uh, apologies from him. And uh, it was great that he could join us just for the, the beginnings of the show there. I'm sure he'll be with us uh, next time. Uh, Matthias, uh, you and I were, were getting into Bouvach and the chinks in our armour and what what could possibly go. Do, do you feel that we are not prepared as much as we could be with the change of Bouvach or are you confident about what's been going on in the management structure? Yeah, uh, I actually am because I think... Pep is like, uh, he's enthusiastic. Uh, I think we actually perhaps lacked his energy and uh, all those things that he brings to the table uh, during the the spring when he left for Breda. So I think that he is back, will energize the team and he has evolved, as I said, and learned new things uh, about coaching and what to look for and what to tell the players and how to talk to the players um, and I think he can fill that mm. void from Bubac, um in in the coaching staff. Uh, so I I don't think that's be going to be so much of a problem. And the team knows the tactics now, and that's why it's good that we didn't bring in like five six new starters. We are going to play Fabinho and Keita. Uh, that's the two starters that will play for us and Allison in goal. But that's not the same thing. Uh, systems-wise, so uh, that's why I think it, it's it's not that hard for for the team to move on, mm. and I think Pep will make it a, a great run as assistant coach. I think the real test is going to be when we start the Champions League. Obviously, we've got really big games coming up with Spurs and Chelsea, and you know, two defeats there could really railroad. The positivity that's that's been around the club. There, there is a. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there seems to be, for the first time in a long time, there is a palatable sense that Liverpool could be the club to do it. That we're clearly one of the favourites. That fans of other clubs are talking about Liverpool. They're talking about Klopp. The the, the great strike force that we've got. We've got a quality keeper. The defence is beginning to look good. And and there's something in my mentality that feels that when everyone is talking us up and putting us under pressure, that's where putting us uh, perceivable pressure that I feel because people think that we're doing, we're so great. It, it It's going to be a real test of our, our, our mental ability, the psychology of the players with these games coming up and and the Champions League, how much do you see the Champions League interfering potentially with a with a title run? Well, now in the beginning, it's crucial, uh, I think, because if we go off to a good start in the Champions League, we can actually cruise a little bit there for for perhaps one or two stage games there. If we we and the PSG, for example, yeah. go top of the group. Then we can, well, play a B side, for example, in, in some of those games, and still go through uh, quite easily. Uh, because now we have a couple of hard games in the league as well, and uh, 
it's though as you were you were talking about it it's tricky now to manage the squad because it's now that we need a Daniel Sturridge and a uh, Shakiri to come into the team and deliver oh, and it's now that yeah and it's now we want Fabinho Henderson Keita uh, Milner uh, and deliver they have all have to deliver uh, and that's really really the key thing here now to be able to rotate but not to drop off in performances yeah, well, all absolutely. the players needs to be on top of their game because if it goes badly in the Champions League I, I then I want it to go abysmally because I definitely don't want us to end up in the Europa League that would be an absolute catastrophe and I think that would really you know that would be such a pressure for Premier League matches. Yeah, agree. Uh, either be one or two or fourth. Yeah. Not not the third place to go through the Europa League. Because if we go out, go out then and go all in to win the league. Mm. Because, uh, you know, play EuroLeague and perhaps our young players gets us through the Carbon Cup and the FA Cup. And if we are still in EuroLeague and Premier League, and there is a lot of games there in January and February. You raise an interesting point there that reminds me of the the cups, the what is it, the Caribou Cup, I think it's called the league. Yeah. In the last couple of seasons, our the younger players in the 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 squad, the peripheries of the club if you like, they really haven't had much of a chance. I because we we haven't progressed. Do you see this as as something that Klopp will be wanting the club to stay in to go further into the competition with players who may not be the first name on the sheet for the, our most important matches, but the the, the Daniel Sturridge's, the Shakiris, uh, the Mignolets that that have a track record that that these players are going to feature in things like the the Caribou Club Cup. Yeah, if you look at it, look at the we had we draw Chelsea or what did we drew? Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, and for example, against Chelsea, we can play Sturridge, Shakiri, and Origi in the front three, and that's our B team. Not too bad, not too bad at all. And we could rest Mane, Salah, and Firmino, and still have Shakiri, Sturridge, and Origi. That's mm. not a bad front three, and then we can have. Milner, Nabe, and Curtis Jones in midfield. Not too bad. Or Fabinho and Milner and Curtis. The, what Not a co- too bad either. No, I mean it all sounds really good on paper, but when I was yeah. when I when I was walking the woofs and thinking about this as I was, I was thinking it's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on these professional outstanding footballers, because I mean let's face it, these guys are outstanding to have got where they've got. Um it's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on them without a couple of league matches to say, okay, guys, now you need to do your stuff against Chelsea to get us through. Because let's face it, Chelsea, the, the their manager, I can't even remember his name. Uh, the, 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 Sorry. Yeah, the new guy at Chelsea, he doesn't know the rules. He doesn't know that you're meant to... <laughs> He doesn't know that you're meant to field a, no. a second string. What happens if the you know a, a whole first... A bunch of first teamers come out. I, I, I think what I'm trying to say is, I found myself thinking, uh, Klopp put out the A team, 
blow away Chelsea and then you can let the other guys the young guys you know f- finish the match the last the last 20 minutes and 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 take us from the next round just to get past this third round yeah but i, I don't think uh, i chelsea doesn't have the squad depth uh, this year i don't think they have, are pretty good when if they rest uh, hazard and kanté or and Jorginho, then they are not a pretty yeah, they are a good side, but not not really that strong. And I don't think that he's going to play all of these players because they are also in the Champions League yeah. uh, and also trying to fight for the league. So I think it will be a little bit of a game that is a 50-50, like five, six start players and five, six bench players in both teams. Uh, and it's more up to the which team wants to go through the most. Uh, and that would be the case if we are playing the both starting 11s as well. Because as you know, all these, as you said, all these players are professional at a really high level. So they are really good, all these players. So it's actually down to who wants it most. Motivation mm. always beats class in these types of games. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I suppose I just... <sighs> I err on the cautious and the nervous and I tend to support Liverpool with a pillow uh, hiding on the sofa. <laughs> but I always stand up and watch the penalties. I never look away. Um, it's an, it's an exciting time to, it's an exciting time to, to support the club, to follow the club. What would be a good season for you? Is it, is it win the Premier League or bust or? No, um, not that hard because you have to be a realistic as well. City s- still has the best squad. Uh, they have the be- best squad. They have the most depth in their squad. They won the league and got to a hundred points last year. So, you know, it's a really good team. You can't you can't uh, take anyway anything away from them. Uh, Chelsea, new players, new coach, trying to 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 win, mm-hmm. and, and you know. United is United, uh, even though Mourinho seems to have lost a couple of fans there. And Tottenham, still with the same team, trying to evolve. And then there is uh, Liverpool. So for me, it's like four teams that are trying to challenge the Kings in City. Mm. And we are one of them. We, we can win. Uh, don't, uh, don't get me the wrong there. But uh, for us, it has to really go the right way. Uh, I think City, they can play a little bit up and down, but they have so much quality. So they can actually win it anyway. But we really have to get our track on the right track, get ourselves on the right track from the beginning. And we have started uh, as we should. Uh, But for me, it's like, I don't know if, oh, we have to win the cup to have an okay season. (sighs) Okay, well, it would be nice to win anything, like Champions League, the league, League Cup, FA Cup, any one of those, yeah, it would be nice. But I still want progress. It's the Premier League for me that I want to win. And if we can't win that, well, okay, fine if we win uh, the FA Cup. But it's the Premier League or the Champions League that we want. You understand me? Absolutely. I mean, it's the so, it, it's the it's the Premier League. I want the look. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 what. 
uh, I'm 40, 48, 40, coming up, <laughs> you know, I'm 48 years old and, uh, and I, I'm 41. Yeah. So. And it's been a hell of a long time. I was like, you know, <laughs> 18, yeah, 19, we, we were there. We, we saw it in the night, 80, 89, 90 season. Exactly. We, we saw it. So, and, and it's getting to the stage where I'm going, are we going to win it again in my life? And I, I could, yeah. ki- I could <laughs> kick myself for taking it for granted, you know, from the age of seven that we were just, phenomenal um and i but i do think as as you were right to point out there that you know marino's been under pressure but united could put three back-to-back wins together and united are right back up there chelsea have had a very good start to the season tottenham have had a very good start to the season uh chelsea are playing under a lot less pressure than we are it's 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 going to be so interesting to see how Liverpool as a squad deal with the pressure. And I think all all we can take from it, uh, according to me, is that what we can take from it is that uh, the previous season's disappointments, and, and, and when I say seasons, I mean plural, the, the last couple of seasons, the disappointments have been coupled with such fantastic highs that I think we can show that we can blow anyone off the park, but we've also got the grit to carry on, to pick ourselves up, to keep going. And, and that's what really puts us in good stead. Who's, who's going to, who's going to be special this season for you? Who do you, which player in particular do, do you think mm, this guy could really do something special this season? Well, since I was uh, over in England and watched the Torino game, I, I got my new, Liverpool shirt, of course, and uh, <laughs> uh, I got the I got the purple one this year. Oh wow! Yeah, I bought the purple one, and on the back it says number eight Keita. <laughs> oh, and, uh, Navi, for yes. me, when he really gets going, uh, then you're gonna see why we have lacked a Steven Rod power midfielder because that's exactly what he is. He will go up and down the field and really he can really take the game and dominate it. So that's the player that I want to score 10 plus goals and 10 plus assists. Mm. And then you will see him have a really breakout season. Yeah, I, I, I would be excited. I think we're going to see the best of him after Christmas. I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's, it's, it's obviously not. It's not as easy as perhaps some people thought it would be. Uh, his performances, we've seen absolute flashes of brilliance, like that that pass that you mentioned, the one to Salah earlier yeah, you, on. Yeah, you actually, you, and then you know what qualities he has. Yeah. But as you're saying, he he needs to get comfortable and perform at that level for 90 minutes week out, week in. And that's what you're talking about. We're going to see that perhaps around Christmas and and then on to my may so uh, but i don't think many people are talking about fabinho being a bust but that's kind of strange because both himself and klopp has been talking about he has to adapt and learn the system and the tactics and where to be and where to pass and what to do on the pitch on the training ground and we saw in this preseason game that he's a skilled defensive midfielder yeah, and he has a really nice touch on the ball and good in uh, in the aerial duels and duels on the field as well. So Fabinho, I think, will also see uh, 
being a really important player from Christmas and on to May as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always a difficult season coming to the Premier League, and I don't know. I think fans want instant gratification. Uh, you know, look at the grumblings about Robinson that we didn't see him when he first came in, and that Oxlade Chamberlain took ages to get going. It's almost like you know, we we spend, we buy the shiny new car, and we expect it to tear up the uh, the racetrack. These players take time. We've, we we must surely have learned that Klopp wants players to bed in. Yeah, agree there, hundred mm. percent. And and it's really, you know, it's it's not that easy. And of course, he has been playing in France now, and he's played right back and defensive midfielder in a team that plays not quite as similar as Liverpool do because Monaco had a pretty different style of play as well. So for Fabinho it's it's going to take time and and you know that it's the pressure that comes with the price tag and he was like 35 million pounds or something like that. Mm. And people expect him to just take a starting place in the starting 11 and just deliver and it's not that easy for everyone because he, as Klopp has said and himself also he needs to learn the tactics and the style of play and where to be on the pitch in certain situations to be able to help out his team. So he needs the extra hours on the training pitch. I want to change the conversation slightly, Matthias. And anyone who knows who listens to the Anfield Index and listens to the Swedish pod knows that we tend to put one out there you know a few times a season for every five or six weeks we we try and put something together and I, I, i've i ran my eye over the fixture list and and for those of you that don't have it committed to uh, to memory you know doing it like counting sheep when you go to bed we've got spurs at the weekend then we've got paris saint-germain then we've got southampton then we've got chelsea then we've got chelsea again First in the uh, the cup, the Caribou, then in the league, then Napoli, then Man City. That is a mouth watering run of one, two, three, four, five. Was it one, seven games? Matthias, I would love to know how you feel we're going to get through that period because I would imagine it's after that Liverpool Man City game that you and I are going to be wanting to dial up Matthias. And, and and do another Swedish pod after that run. And how do you see us doing on that run? Uh, I think Klopp will play a strong side against all these teams and rest players against Southampton and Chelsea in the Cup. Mm. Uh, that's the two uh, games when he actually can rest as well because they are a little bit in the middle between games. So I think, because I think he wants the good start in the Champions League. Mm. And if he can perhaps draw against uh, Paris and, and win against Napoli, then we're already at four points and we have uh, Red Star Belgrade left there and we will probably win against them uh, anyway. So And then we are at seven points. So I think those two games against uh, Chelsea in the Cup, that's why I uh, talked about it earlier I think he will go a, a 50-50 team there mm. with play, play for, for example Milner he can play like 
10 games in 10 days if 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 Klopp would want him to but but he can go on so he could play that game and perhaps rest against Southampton uh, but I think he will rotate uh, especially Mane and Salah because the wing players there are running up and down defending crosses with the right and left back so I think he, he will he will rest them if not both games uh, one of them for sure I think Southampton ahead of Chelsea is an interesting game because he, he's obviously going to go full out against Tottenham and Paris Saint-Germain. But I think with Southampton, although he, I think that's where we might see the first rotation in the league that he, he certainly won't underestimate them. But I think that he might give a couple of, well, let's call them for want of a better word, the fringe players. And, and we've already established earlier on in the show that the quality of our fringe players are you know, they're, they're, they're internationals. Um, I think Southampton, he, we could see a couple of the fringe players come in as in preparation for what we do against Chelsea in the League Cup. Assuming, you know, if we start off well against Southampton, I think we might see him making substitutions a bit earlier. But of course, he's, he's, he's going to want to get the points in the league. Um, but my question really is, you know, we've, we've only conceded a goal. And, you know, that was because of Alisson's uh, arguably silliness, although I think some some people tried, yeah. to, some people tried to put it on Van Dijk for, for being in the wrong position and so forth. But do you think we could get through that run of games? Spurs, Paris, Southampton, Chelsea, Chelsea, Napoli, City. Do you think we could get through those games? By winning and not, you know, by by hardly conceding anything, by by really showing that we are champions, do you think we could get people really excited? Yeah, why not? You know, as I as I said earlier, we we are playing like on seventy five, eighty percent, mm. and now these top games are coming up. So if we get the the forward players and the midfielders really to click now. To, to see okay now we really got to switch up to the to the top gear here and and blow for example if we blow Tottenham away here everyone will know oh my god Liverpool is for real this year you know and then we get a little bit of extra respect so we don't have to earn it we re- already have it then we can get something for free in the games against Southampton and and Chelsea for example will be a little bit scared of us when they come to face us because they know that this team is really, really, really good. And then I think it will take a little bit of the pressure off for the Napoli game and the City game. So a good start now and really strong strong game against Tottenham is really important. Even if we don't win it in the end, for example, it can be a draw like 1-1, but we are really good in the game and perhaps the far better team uh, and we are playing on the way away field as well as well so mm, Wembley's uh, a tougher pitch isn't it it's a big pitch yeah so so if we try if we can dominate the game and and it's a draw then I'll be fine because then you know we are on the way uh, to to playing really good um, but I I think why not we can win all these games oh there is I- no- I love that. We can win all these games. That's a yeah, fun. but we can actually lose three of them as well. 
because we are not on top form yet. And would so, that be would that be the end of the world if we do lose three games? Will no? Will our heads fall off? Will the season be ruined if that happens? Uh, it depends on which games we lose. If we, for example, <laughs> lose against Paris Saint Germain, and we lose against City, and we lose against Tottenham, because we are playing City away, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, so we lose Tottenham away, City away, and Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League. No, Liverpool also... City. Liverpool City is Liverpool or at home. Oh, okay. So we, we're home. Uh, do, it's Chelsea home? away. It's Chelsea, yes. Okay, so we lose Chelsea away and Tottenham away and Paris in the Champions League. Mm. If we lose those three, nobody's going to blame you because no. you need to win the home games against the top teams. That's what you expect. But but to lose away with a good performance, that you can accept. Anyway, it's not good, but you can accept it. Mm. If you play a good game and they also play a good game and you lose, that's oh, that's how it is sometimes. But So we can actually lose some of these games and we'll be fine. But I, I would not want to lose the Southampton game and the City game. Because... Then our home record is like, okay, now we have lost at home. Uh, Fortress Anfield, what's going on there, you know? And the talk is coming. They lost against Southampton, an average team, with Danny Ings in the team starting. Uh, well, th- then they're going to be talk about, uh, can we make it this year? Or is it another year with the top four finish? Mm. I think that's I think that's that's a that's a really good summary of 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 our of our position going into these matches. I think it's going to be very very interesting to see where we're at and I'm sure that I'm sure that oh, I well I know one thing the season will be full of you know it's a journey it's going to be full of some some big highs hopefully and I'm sure there will be some moments where it it the 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 path is is there's always going to be some some rocks on the road there's always going to be something there are always moments where you know even when city when we push city so close to the title i'm sure that they look back and and you know we'll we'll see all the th- all the t- all the things they overcame to finally win the title um as my energies are flagging I photographed five houses today. Um, I, I want to start wrapping this up here, Matthias. Is there something else before we, we put it to bed and come back to the next Swedish podcast in a few weeks' time to discuss where we're at? Is there something else that you want to say on the pod before we call it a day? Well, I call Sadio Mane top scorer of the Premier League season 18-19. <laughs> that's a good call i think you could i think you could be uh you could be onto something there he has been outstanding yeah and he, he's scoring even if he's not playing that well yeah, so he's like sala was last year because he didn't have a pretty, the game last game he wasn't that good but he scored a goal mm-hmm. yeah you know and i think he can because everyone is going to mark sala they're going to have all their eyes on Salah. And, and Bobby Firmino. I've already yeah. noticed that. Yeah. So so Mane is getting a little bit more free space this inside and and uh, on his wing as well. So I think he can, he can actually score these 30 goals this year. Oh, good call. I think my... I'm, uh, mine is not to call something like that. But what I will say is 
I think this could be a really special season for somebody I was quite critical of a couple of a couple of seasons ago. And in fact, I felt that Klopp should have let him go. I felt that Joe Gomez was uh, risky, an injury waiting to happen. He was too unproven. He had potential, but I wasn't seeing enough. And I felt that two summers ago that or you know that that he should have gone i think you picked me up on on the pod about it but i think about what i've seen the summer uh the start of the season so far i think that joe gomez if he remains injury free could really really be a breakout special player for liverpool football club yeah it was when we talked about selling lucas and you talked about selling gomez that's right that's right yeah that's right uh, and uh, there he is the player that you can actually see how good Van Dijk is. Yeah. Van, Van Dijk really mentors him. So he's playing a solid, easy playing, strong centre-back game now. And Van Dijk is teaching him every game, every session. And that's what you see from Van Dijk, not just himself on the pitch, but he's actually making Joe Gomez rising his game levels now. Hmm. Fantastic. All right, Matthias, there's lots of good things to uh, to look forward to in this season. Let's hope that when we talk again on the Swedish pod that Matthias Andersson will be with us for the rest of the show and that the, the three of us will be very excited about the position that we're in as a club going on to the next stage of the season. Well, from me and from Matthias, thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back with another edition of the Swedish pod very soon. It's the Anfield Index podcast. Podcast Network.